The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsibility responsible gaming resources. Welcome to the Orange is a New Black Podcast. I'm your host, Ace Boogie. I'm joined by my co-host, Zim Hude. Zim, say what's up. What's up, man? How y'all doing today? It's a Hude weekend. We're going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Squealers. Squealers week. Squealers. How you feeling today, Ace? What you been up to? Man, it's been a a lot personally, but I'm feeling good, man. It's uh, the start of or the, the end of a great week. It's always... Uh, not too bad when it's a Friday. Uh, sorry, guys, I had some personal things that I had to handle uh, in the middle of the week. Uh, lost relative, but we're we're gonna keep the spirits high, and we're heading into Steelers week. And for me, I'm feeling good, bro. I'm feeling good. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. Uh, let me start off by asking you one question: Do you want to win? This man, weekend? man, that's a that's a very that's what the good people want to know. Are we are we in tank mode? Or we going against our arch rivals and we can ruin their playoff hope. What is it, five and five? We can pretty much I wouldn't say put the nail in the coffin, but we can get them very, very close to the end. Man, I'm going and they to don't play. have a first round draft pick. They don't have a first round draft pick. We can basically I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter, but if you do you probably already know the answer to this question. So one thing that I posted was, like, me when the Steelers expect for us to show them mercy when they come in wounded next week and it's like Mufasa throwing Scar off of, or Scar throwing Mufasa off the <laughs> cliff or whatever. So I think I think this is one of the few games. This is probably the only game. Yeah, this is the only game. Let me, let me make that clear. This is the only game that I want to win. Um, okay. Like, if I had to win a game, I think within this last stretch of games, this would be the only one. Now, I don't know if that means that we tie with the Redskins for the very first pick. I was or... told that the Redskins had the time on the tiebreaker on us, so I'm very scared about that. Oh, man. Yeah. Redskins on the tiebreaker, and looking at their schedule, I don't really see them winning but maybe one game. The same week that we play the Dolphins, I think they play the Giants, and that's a very big week. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I'm so you're so you're uh, you're pro Bengals Sunday cheering for the Bengals to win, correct? I'm 
I'd, I'd cheer for them to win. Like, I wouldn't mind if they lost it, but, like, if there was a game, I guess it's a win-win for me. Like, either way, either way it goes, it's a win-win for me. I want them to to win this game if they can. If they don't, then, it's, you know, it's no pressure there. But looking at this Redskins schedule, I'm like, oh, man, I don't know if I want them to win. I'm scared of them because they, they don't necessarily say Haskins does pretty good, right, or decent enough. They don't have to go early on a quarterback, and the Dolphins will be sitting there with the ammunition to trade up. I'm not really worried about them as much drafting a quarterback. I'm more so worried about the Dolphins. Them trading. trading yeah, because the Dolphins thing. could come to Mike Brown with the whole family of first-round picks this year and next year. And Brown's uh, stingy, so probably wouldn't even do the deal. If he didn't do that Ricky Williams deal, he probably ain't going to do that deal. Right. So, But, he, but the Redskins? absolutely need a lot of positions just like we do. I, w- I wouldn't – that's the other question I have for you that we went through last week is right. that would you – has it have you, has your thoughts on that changed at all? Do you feel as though if Dolphins came with all of their first-round picks this year and then next year, would you go – would you pull that trigger? Uh, I think I would still – I think I would – it's hard to say, bro, because a smart team – I would a smart team would pull the trigger – and then, like, I know we don't really like Herbert like that, but I have a feeling that Herbert's going to be the second guy. A smart team will move back up and still get Herbert or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I don't I, think they got the resources. And but they're not going to do, do it. it. They're, they're not, not going to do, do it. They they they'll, go, they'll go get hurt or something later on and drop. They're like, don't right. wait for it to fall to them, whatever we it is. We know they're dra- – like, Carson hit the nail on the head. Like, the Bengals really low-key just try to get lucky. Like, they just hope – that somebody's gonna like fall to them instead of being aggressive. It's like they and then like if they don't fall there, then they go they just switch their draft plan to whatever option B was. And it's like we saw that with it last year when it came to Devin Bush, and also in the second round when it came to Jawan Taylor. Uh, we've seen it when it came to Michael Thomas. Even though they still ended up with a good player in Tyler Boyd, it was said that they really wanted Michael Thomas but wouldn't trade up to get him with him being there. And Michael Thomas and A.J. Green, can you imagine? Wow, right. (laughs) And and Pat Mahomes. All right, so let let me switch subjects for you. Speaking of Devin Bush, this upcoming week, do you have any thoughts on what we should expect from the Bengals versus the Steelers? I've been looking at a lot of different things. Um, And hats off to them, T.J. Watt absolutely is wrecking the NFL right now. And I'm one of the guys that hasn't been as – big on him, and I think a lot of it's a lot of media hype, but the numbers uh, are there. Devin Bush's numbers are slowly kind of going down a little bit, but the impact is there. I watched a couple plays from him last week against the Browns where um, he's tracking the football like all the way across the field, like making the plays that, I mean, just that one guy would have, that. that is an instance where I'm feeling like Okay, I can see how Chase Young could impact the game so heavily that that would probably equate to maybe a win or two this year versus our whole quarterback um, argument because Devin Bush made some unreal plays that I saw last week. They still lost the game, but just teams are not allowed to go across the middle of the field anymore. P.J. Watt is leading the league in uh, quarterback hits. He's like second in sacks. I think he's got like 10.5. He's got mm-hmm. five four, uh fumbles. I mean, he's absolutely wrecking this year. Um, uh, the Bengals don't have any weapons uh, uh, active besides Tyler Boyd that that I can see that would probably make any 
good of an impact because the defensive front with the Steelers is um, absolutely still all fully intact. They're going to cry and tell us that they're injured and they've they got these guys that we never even heard of or Benny Snills of the world that are injured, but they're all on offense. Their defense right. is at 100%. Yeah, I mean, and I think it's funny because the last time we had our first episode and we had uh, Tony Serino from the Locked On uh, Steelers podcast, one thing that I said, like, even before that game was that their defense looked better. And I was saying on that show, like, the Steelers' defense is legit. Like, it's really improved with the trade for Minka Fitzpatrick, which at the time I still thought that that wasn't a good trade for them just from what they gave up in terms of value, right? Uh, but obviously that's kind of turned around because they've started to win and that draft pick starts to move up. I think it right now it's at, like, the number 16 position when we were talking last week. Um but that defense, man, I mean, that's one thing that I will give them credit for. You kind of talked about Devin Bush, but the in, the inserts of Devin Bush as well as Mika Fitzpatrick have totally, you know, changed this defense, and they are a very tough defense, and they could literally win this game uh, based off of that defense. So that's one thing that I think that we have to worry about. I think, like you said, yes, there were key injuries that they've had uh, on offense, but to me, the Steelers have, in a sense, returned to what their original uh, identity was, uh, at least when I became a fan, which was having this very strong defense and trying to establish a running game. They were more of a defensive team, and it seems like they're morphing back into that, and especially with these losses that they're going to have on the offensive side of the ball, um, I think we'll see that, right? And I think that that bodes very uh, bad for a young quarterback in Ryan Finley. You know, he's going through a lot of tough defenses, obviously with the Ravens the other week. Uh, the Raiders weren't as bad, but they still gave up about four sacks, as you said. T.J. Wilde is probably licking his chops there. They also have a strong defensive line, uh, strong secondary. So I just have, for some reason, I just fear that there's going to be, like, a Minka Fitzpatrick interception involved here where Ryan Finley is going to go deep and Minka is just going to pick him off. But I think that defense is what we really need to be worried about uh, from an offensive standpoint. If this defense – I think our defense is really going to uh, set the tone once again like they did against the Raiders, right? So I think that that will be very important. I think James Conner probably misses this game. I know he has a shoulder injury. Hey, and Juju, I think, is going to be out as well. But I still feel like there's a guy like Vince McDonald that they could use uh, in a in a uh, significant role. And like you said, Vanette, I think that they try to attack the middle of the field that way. I honestly think Mason Rudolph is going to help us out because he's shown that he has the ability to turn the ball over. I honestly think that they would actually low-key have a better chance if they played the guy behind Mason Rudolph against us. Um, so I think that that bodes for making this a tight game. Now, if they blow us out, I'm really going to look at myself like we are the worst team in the league. Like, th like this team, from a offensive standpoint, they're super depleted, and if they blow us out from – putting up points, that would be ridiculous. But I really don't see that with our defense kind of bouncing back last week. But what are your thoughts, Jim? Uh My bold prediction is that they're going to come with trick plays. I honestly think so. When you're in desperation mode like that, you're going to see it's, it's going to be – I wouldn't even equate – I wouldn't even say last time that we played them was trick plays, but you see a lot of, like, high school, like, shovel passes and different intricate, like, different – and credit to them and credit, you know, to their coordinator for getting that right and then – Lou Anarumu and not having the resources to really do anything about it. 
but attacking the middle of the defense, attacking them with these little short passes. Because, like I told people a couple other week, uh, a couple weeks ago, or whatever, Mason Rudolph reminds me of Andy Dalton in a lot of different ways. Now he doesn't have the ability to to throw downfield as well, but his his finicky, uh, shaky like feet and just the one read take off and get sacked type of things. Like I saw that all over that Brown game. And I'm gonna tell you, uh what's the guy, uh Villanueva or something, like the the, the lineman for the Steelers or whatever, had yes. the worst game of his career against Miles Garrett. And that's the thing that I was saying last week that I was so upset about is like Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Everybody focused on the end of the game, and no one. And I didn't even watch the last thirty seconds. I only saw highlights of it because the game was like over. They were thoroughly like manhandled, like in the trenches, and that's right. something you normally don't see from the Steelers. And I'm gonna tell you, last week Andrew Billings and uh, Josh Tupo had their way. So I don't see any difference with that. I think that's going to be the biggest difference of this game versus the last time. But I do look for the Steelers in desperation mode to, like, crank up, like, some trick plays. You might even see, like, a reverse on a return. Remember this. Remember I told y'all this. Like, they have to resort to that because if y'all thought that the Bengals' offense was bad, this offense is probably just as bad or not. They they were bad. They were worse with Juju and Deontay Johnson and all these guys there. So imagine them without it. I don't even know what they could come out there with. Um, I don't feel like they're going to be able to run the ball that well. I just think they're going to have to resort to that type of stuff. Now, from the other side of things, this is a nightmare matchup for Ryan Finley. Not only is it very, very – one thing that I've noticed uh, when I went back and watched the, the tape from last week's game is Ryan Finley absolutely probably doesn't even have an NFL arm. And I was very, very um, big on him, like in clutch moments, the third and 19 play, him scrambling on a couple different drives. I really, really like what he did because it showed the clutch gene and it gave you a glimpse of what would happen if you got a semi-mobile quarterback or a quarterback with some awareness. But the throwing, he cannot throw to the outside hashes. Teams are going to zero in on that. When you couple that with the fact that your number one target in the last couple of weeks who has been on Tate isn't going to play, you now have Tyler Boyd that's going to get blanketed, double coverage. Who is he going to throw it to? So then I'm thinking, like, okay, even if, even if they were down by two touchdowns, they got to just start running the ball because there's no way. Even if and people say, well, if Cordy Glenn plays, then I don't even. Cordy Glenn hasn't played the whole entire season. To have him come in there and think that he's going to hold his own, that's a tall task. Will he do better than John Jerry? Perhaps, but this pass rush coming to, coming to town is probably top three in the NFL. So that coupled with the fact that he can't throw it deep anyway, he can't go outside hashes. It's it's a formula like. Third downs last week. I mean, teams the they were the Raiders were just dialing it up. Crosby didn't hesitate for one second. When when teams know that they're not going to run, they they go insane on this line. Bobby Hart, uh, I'm told uh, Billy Priceman is probably going to get benched this week. He had his worst game of the season last week, according to PFF. Um, so there, from an offensive line standpoint, they 
if Zach wants Ryan Finley to walk out of there with two legs, he probably has to play Cordy Glenn. But to me, I don't think that – that's a tall task for a guy. And that just – the formula for success to win this game will have to be through special teams, defensive play, and field position. Um, Boswell, I, I cannot stand that guy. He hits everything. I don't think he's ever missed a field goal when he's played the Bengals, ever. He's only missed two field goals this year, but – and he missed a, a really key one last week. But mm-hmm. if it's a close game and it's a field position game, like – Boswell, he's going to nail it. He's going to hit. He's going to win. That guy gives me nightmares. I can't stand him. Aside from that, I just, I just think like Bengals have to just play the field position game. Uh, both offenses will look terrible. Trick gimmicky plays coming from the Steelers. Steelers still win. Um, I'm thinking 14 and like nine, something like that. Something weird. Uh, yeah, like a 14 nine. Might get three uh, uh, bullet field goals, something like, something like that. But at the end of the day, if we do lose, that is a win. Right, exactly, exactly. Um, just just to shift gears, I got two topics that uh, – well, one announcement and then a second thing that I want to talk about just to piggyback off of that. Uh, but per James Kreppa, the Bengals' Duke Tobin was in Oregon last week to see Herbert throw – uh, 333 yards and four touchdowns against Arizona. This is why we tell you people. I know we we all personally. I'm on a Joe Burrow train as well, but you have to keep your mind open that the Bengals could be looking at Justin Herbert. I honestly believe. I think this is the second game this uh, college season that Duke Tobin has attended two of Herbert's games this season. So just keep that in mind. He only uh, he only went to one for Tua. So you guys know I'm a Tua guy, so I'm not just saying that just to say it. But he didn't go to any of Tua's games until they played LSU. So he could have been there for also um, Joe Burrow and not Tua. So just throwing that out there. So just keep that in the back of your minds before you think of any other possibilities or before you write Justin Herbert off. The second thing that I want to say is them. Let me ask you this question. If Ryan Finley goes out there and struggles, let's just say hypothetically Ryan Finley goes out and throws three interceptions in the first Mm -hmm. half, would Mm -hmm. you put Jake Dalgala in the game? And do you think that he deserves to at least get three three games to see? Because I think think after if if Ryan Finley comes out this game, right, and he struggles, why not go and put in Jake Dalgala? Uh, Because, all right, so two-part question. Um, the first part is no, because Jay Dolagala has no reps with the you know with the current team. He's not been involved with the game plan on a week to week basis. You know how when you see a team and uh, you say, okay, he went full practice all week, and that's how we determine if they're going to play like AJ Green. If he were to practice on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then or, you know clearing all that stuff, then you say, okay, yeah, he, they're on, they're in the loop on the game plan. They've got the reps with the first team, different things like that. Jay Dolagala currently right now has no reps. So to ask him to come in in an injured, like say Ryan Finley gets injured or throws uh, interceptions, he's Mm -hmm. not ready. He doesn't have the game plan. Now, if Ryan Finley throws three interceptions and then the game is over and he makes it through the game and then they come out and say, yeah, we're going to bench Ryan Finley and then you give Jay Dolagala a week to prepare, I like that. But Mm -hmm. having a thrust into the lineup, no. I think if you see him go down, interceptions, anything like that, it's absolutely going to be Andy Dalton that comes back into the game. Andy Dalton was the one that was warming up last week. 
Yeah, Ryan I think was, you're definitely right about that. When Ryan Finley was limping, it was Andy Dalton that, that was warming up. Right, and Jake Dalgala, just for those paying attention and listening, he was actually inactive last week. So I think that that kind of gave us a clue to where their mindset was in terms of him. Um, but, man, just seeing that flat arm, which we, like we said, man, we were already, this is why we tell you guys that Ryan Finley isn't the answer. It's not because we're trying to be stubborn and, you know, stick our heels in the ground on uh, just wanting a quarterback. We don't just want any quarterback, right? We're going to give you a realistic evaluation of these guys uh, from top to bottom. We're not just going to push our own agendas or our own narratives on that. So we told you guys weeks ago, before Ryan Finley even took a snap for under center, that he mm-hmm. wasn't the guy. We gave you the concrete reasons on why he wasn't the guy. It all checks out, and that's why you tune in here to the Orange is the New Black podcast because we're fans just like you, but we're going to also give you that perspective that and that realism that you need to see and hear. Uh, and I even have friends of mine that follow our podcast that aren't even Bengals fans, period, and they say that it's refreshing to hear a realistic perspective from Zim or myself when it comes to the, these issues because we don't give you biased opinions or over-inflate or inflate our players and their values and things of that nature. We're going to give you some real talk when it comes to the Bengals. Um, if you guys, and if you guys don't follow Ace, please make sure you check him out on New Stripe City on Twitter and Instagram. I'm, I'm Zim underscore Hude on Instagram. I do have one quick thought, though, I just wanted to tell you. Mm-hmm. With, with Justin Herbert, these, these are these are my three quick assessments with these quarterbacks: the Tua, the uh, Burrow, and um, and Justin Herbert. Now, mm-hmm. Burrow is my guy that I'm I'm rooting more so for is because from a cultural standpoint, and an attitude standpoint, and awareness standpoint, and what I call scrambling from the front office, he has all of those intangibles. That is very very key. Aaron Rodgers is the king of scrambling from the front office. They won't do anything that's going to make them a mega team or anything like that, but he scrambles from the front office every week. He calls his own shots. Baker Mayfield will one day be in that position as well, too, where the organization looks stupid if they don't pay him exactly what he says. You get a blank check, and as a result, the quarterback takes control of the team, and that's how you scramble from the front office. That is the main hope that I want from Joe Burrow, and it's more so and, and, and along with his field play. So people mm-hmm. have to take a look at that. Justin Herbert, right, is a systematic quarterback that's going to be – I'm not going to say he's Andy Dalton because his arm strength, the upside on Justin Herbert is probably higher than Burrow and Tua. But the right. problem that I have with Herbert is that he's the, the personality, the characteristics of what he does and what he plays in, it's always going to be that he's going to be he's a more quiet he's a quieter guy he's more soft spoken he's always going to lean towards like what the Andy Dalton thing is like he's not going to demand anything. Right. And see, uh, Joe Burrow is like Joe Namath. For if you're older listening right now, Joe Burrow is Joe Namath. 2019, he's riding around. Yeah, I mean, who do you know got the deep, the offense alignment carrying him, hoisting him up after a game that's not a national championship? He's calling the shots. He's wearing shades, and a lot of people run from that type of stuff, but he backs it up with his play. That attitude, that bravado is what could carry the culture forward, get free agents here, all these different things. So smarten up, people. You have to think about our situation versus somebody else. Justin Herbert going to the Patriots to be the heir apparent for Tom Brady would be Super Bowls. But Justin Herbert for the Bengals, to me, doesn't equate to that. He needs to have an offensive line in place. 
everything needs to be in place. And although he is somewhat more mobile than what I thought he was, the mentality and the attitude won't change the culture. Tua, I don't trust the Bengals uh, front. I don't trust their medical staff to do a proper assessment on him to even see is the hip correct. Say he falls down at 3-4 and we're there, and they go pick two or whatever. I don't even trust their medical staff to even go get him at this point. Right. Like, and that's the that's where I drew the line with Tua. For me, all this time, it could have been Tua or, 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 or Burrow. But if the right. Bengals were to get Tua and it was easy, I would say, yep, something's wrong with him. Because every time that we go get somebody like a Jonah or something, somebody and it feels like it, they fall into our lap type of deal, with the exception of, like, William Jackson and, like, Tyler Eifert, it always ends up in an injury is because the other teams are doing a, a correct medical. And if Tua were to get to, like, 3-4 and that's where we're at and we drafted right. Tua, I would like Tua, but I just don't see it. Like, I don't trust their medical. I don't trust their front office. If Joe Burrow just – if you're a fan of Ocho Cinco like I am or whatever, Joe Burrow is the, the quarterback Ocho Cinco. Now, maybe not as animated or whatever, but – it's a cultural thing, and, it, and it's backed up by gameplay. So if you're listening to this, don't just look at just on the field play, and don't. And, and a lot of people that follow college teams that like their favorite team, whatever. Like a guy has hit me today. Like, what about Jake Fromm? Like he's a bum. But I'm I'm just saying, like, don't <laughs> don't let your college bias, yeah, collegiate bias tie into this. Just with me and Ace, I don't watch it. I don't watch college football unless is dealing with quarterback play or just looking at guys before the draft. Also, hey, Ace, we need to go to the draft. I'm doing this live on air. I never asked Ace this. Bro, you right. have to meet me. We got to go to the draft. I'm going with a Joe Burrow jersey. We're going to talk about that off air. Do you have any thoughts on what I just said? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I want to touch on a couple of things uh, in closing here. So, number one, definitely want to try to make that happen for us to do um, something for the draft. If you guys have any ideas or anything that you guys have for us, please let us know when it comes to that. Um, second go thing to the I draft. Say, Vegas. Let's go. High roll. Vegas. It's going to be bro. lit. Roll the dice. It's going to be lit. Uh, <laughs> the one thing I want to touch on, too, is you kind of talked about, too, is injury. Um, if you guys haven't checked uh, him out, our last uh, host, that, or our last guest that we had on, our last podcast was Slim Low Raps. He actually released a video about uh, Tua's health concerns and his injury and um, the real possibilities of where this injury is. So um, just for those who haven't had a chance to check that out, basically what he's saying is, is as of now, even though Tua has had the surgery, um, there still isn't a guarantee that he's going to recover from it because they have to see if the blood is actually going to flow to the hip, which is, um, if you remember Bo Jackson, right, in the Curse of the Bengals, uh, he had a hip injury that was exactly the same one that Tua has now, and he was not able to get that blood flow black to the hip area. So as you guys know, that ended his career. Now medical uh, medicine and things of that nature have advanced, obviously, um, from the 90s until now, but that's still something to keep in mind. So I think if you do take Tua, you're redshirting him that first year. It's almost like he's not going to play. Um, in my yeah. opinion, you probably shouldn't play him at all um, next season because you have to remember there's some overlap. And Flem also talked about the fact that, you know, that's a one-year injury, like one year from when it happened, right? So we're talking about that happened last week. So you're talking about we could be into – week 11 next year in the NFL season, that's a flush. He's not, like, that's basically he's not playing from from my understanding of 
um, the research that he's found and everything like that. So that is one way to kind of look at it because I've heard a lot of Bengals fans say, hey, well, why don't we just, you know, take Tua? And you guys know I'm the biggest Tua fan. I wouldn't be opposed to taking him and sitting for a year, but I want to be better next year, at least like 8-8, eight and 7-9, eight, and nine, something like that. Show me some progress. So I'm not sure if Tua would would help align with what we want. Now, if we're willing to be patient and wait, then maybe, right? But I, I think just off of these past three seasons and this season, I don't think that we want to go into a fourth losing season again, right? Um, but that's all I wanted to say about that. Um, but in closing here, uh, then was there anything that you wanted to say before we get out of here? Uh, no, I, I really don't. I hope everybody's having a great week. We're going to have a good game regardless. I think this is the best I probably feel going into a Pittsburgh game in a long time because no matter what, I feel like I'm a winner. <laughs> I'm going to win. I'm going to win with this pick or I'm going to beat them and I'm going to knock them out of the playoffs. So either way, this is going to be a good weekend for us. Everybody keep an eye on the Redskins every week. Those are the That's the number one team that we need to be looking at because if Haskins looks terrible, we are in trouble, I feel like. I think they own the tiebreaker. If anybody thinks that that is incorrect, because I've asked two people that, that I really trust, and they say, yeah, Redskins own the tiebreaker on it. So if that's incorrect, please let us know in the comments. Please make sure that you keep on uh, checking us out every, uh, you know, couple of days on here since Jungle SB Nation. Make sure you check out all of our other shows that are that we're in cahoots with here on Cincy Jungle as well. Um, we got some really good stuff um, with Matt Minich, who does some really good breakdowns. There's some really good content out there. Also, finally, make sure you f- uh, follow Ace on New Stripe City on Twitter, Instagram. Shout, follow me, Zim underscore Hude. On Sundays, I do a live stream. We will do it this Sunday as well on Instagram, where you can come in there, talk your stuff. Um, it's it doesn't cost anything, of course, and everybody just comes in there. And we, you can comment and kind of meet and fellowship with other Bengals fans, and that's all I got to say. Who day? Yeah, who day? We'll see you guys next week. See you.